And we're back. Welcome back to another Practice Makes Perfect podcast. It's your favorite Fortnite commentator here. I'm also DeFace bringing you guys another episode. This is actually our big 40 for the Practice Makes Perfect podcast. Uh, shout out to John keeping track for us. Uh, before we get into today's topics, before we get into the title, the header, I know you see it. There are some big, big changes on the landscape happening right now. The return of some of the... Uh, our, 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 you know, gaming's best, if you will. We want to thank you guys for downloading this episode, downloading the podcast, sharing with your friends, and most importantly, uh, picking up that sweet, sweet Cafe Colazzo to uh, make sure you stay fueled throughout your weeks, man. Um, again, I just want to continue to express my uh, uh, support and, and appreciation to all of you at home that continue to just navigate to the website, man, to interact and, and check out what we're building. Um, this has been a pretty crazy week, though. And, you know, again, who who better to cover it than, of course, John and Connor, who's back from his travels. So let's go ahead and start with John, man. He's back from a long rust wipe. He hadn't seen the sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> Connor's just been fighting off clans and rust. Uh, Welcome back, son. We're glad to have you home. Um, yeah, hey, I'm man, good. I'm, back. Just, <laughs> I'm good. Everything's fine. My, uh, my football team had a little trouble, but now we're back. And um, now I have Halo, COD, and Fortnite to play. When two, three months ago, I felt like I had zero games to play. I'm a happy guy. Heck yeah. And Connor, how's the, how's the parlays? How's everything going? How's your Sunday? No parlays here. No parlays. Uh, it's good. Uh, you know, actually, it's pretty bad, actually. It's not good. Steelers, <laughs> Steelers lost to the Browns. Very bad. A horrible game. We lost a quarterback. Offensive coordinator sucks. You know, it's just, it's downhill. But we'll see what happens next week. Hopefully he's gone. Uh, and then, John, I, I know you're loving Josh Dobbs. Yeah, Josh he's, Dobbs. He's he looking good. I'm also um, just some prac insider in our low eSports uh, gentlemen's production football fantasy. I'm going up against Brock, a.k.a. Bemick, who's the number one seed Whoa. in the league commish. And I'm looking, I'm right now projected to knock him out. So root for John. Nice. There we go, John. Let's go, baby. Nice, nice. Well, all right. That's enough fantasy football chat there. Hopefully uh, you all at home are uh, doing better than, than Connor here. But dudes, let's jump right into it. We want to talk about the, uh, the, the again, earthquake that is Tifu coming out from the quite literal and metaphorical grave as his announcement video mm -hmm. portrayed him climbing up out of the beachy grave walking into his house and signing into the kick platform kick has officially signed tifu from a leaked video from aiden ross who actually um was posted all over the internet he says that this might be one of the biggest paid agreements as well which i find to be very interesting tifu when he stepped away from gaming here john he very um adamantly mentioned he needed a, a long hiatus he needed a long break but when money like kick is talking maybe just maybe you call that break a little early you come back yeah i mean i think it's the money i i think i think he's a passionate guy you know i don't think anyone thought tifu we do not no one thought tifu freaking turner you know was gonna stop ever playing games you know like i think i think he just needed a break he probably drank way too much beer, but his body his body's looking great in the video. Check it out if you haven't seen it. He's back. I was going to say, he definitely has not been doing nothing. This man is in peak physical condition. It's very, very clear that he's been surfing. He enjoyed the summer. He's probably still working out like, you know, at, at again, just peak physical condition right now. He's looking great. And, and yeah, Connor, he's totally looking to make his return. I mean, we have some big, he's, he's coming out with a literal bank. $100,000 tournament on Tuesday, so it's not just like he's just showing up. No, this man's putting on events, too. Yeah. I mean, we remember a couple weeks ago, uh, Trainwrecks came out and said, Kifu's coming back. He, like, he, like, said it on stream with Ninja, Cloak, him, and a couple others or something, and they were all like, he's not coming back. Cloak and Ninja were like, he, he needs a break. His old contract came out. They said he had to stream, like, 300 hours a month or something crazy. And he had to, like, grind, 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 grind. That's why he was on all the time. And it, he just couldn't do the grind anymore. But I don't know. I think he got his, like, little, what was it, like a six-month reset. You know, he lived a little bit. And he was like, you know what? Nah, gaming and streaming is still for me. Can't can't go away from it. So he's if back. You're gonna, if you're going to do it, might as well do it with a, a massive uh, salary or, you know, hourly <laughs> paycheck, right? Yeah, look at yeah, of course. his, his uh, <laughs> if, you, if you notice, right around the minute mark in his, uh, in his video, 
he has a little uh, like lemonade stand looking thing that just says free money as he walks by. You see it for like you see it for like two seconds. It's it's classic Tifu, bro. Yeah, it's pretty sick. I, I I'm curious to know, yeah, what the dealings are here. I think if I had to guess, it's probably an hourly agreement, something that's like super premium, no stress. You know, because at the end of the day, Tifu, if he especially is exclusive to the platform, he is going to bring a ton of value. We already know Kick hasn't made their streamers exclusive to the platform, but I can see Tifu just saying, hey, why not ride with train wrecks, ride with the wave here and really try to, you know, pick up the Kick platform. Because, uh, you know, again, even Nick Merckx is over there right now, right? Yep. So he's doing it. He hasn't streamed on Twitch since he signed. No. I, I like I was curious about that. And he is like full in on the kick wave. And I, I would guess like how the others been. It's not exclusive, but he's just like, you know what? They're get, they're paying me to do it. So why would I why would I go stream somewhere else? I'm just gonna keep it all and do it here. Yeah, and Nick and, and Nick uh shared that he was not happy with his arrangement on Twitch, that he didn't like the setup. And if there's anything we know about Nick, um man, if if you if you dirty Nick Merckx, man, he he he's not coming back. Like he 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 holds I wouldn't call them grudges because he seems very calculated and he doesn't seem petty, he just seems like, yo, listen. This is not how we do it. And if you look Listen. under Tifu's announcement, you see the biggest reacted to reply is is Nick Merckx. Yeah, no, he's he's just a man of honor, principle, right? Uh, that, that's just who he is. So yeah, I I totally I like Nick Merckx's style in the sense of like you mentioned, uh, he's a straight shooter, and it seems like yeah, you you cross him once, you cross him forever. That's it, and and that's that's just the side of that he's riding with, and he's on kick side. Well, now we have Tifu over there as well. We don't know, you know, we haven't heard any dealings of of Twitch betraying Tifu or doing him dirty by any no. means. But when you look at still again the agreements, the hours, right? He can probably now weigh the two offerings and say, "Oh yeah, look, these guys are definitely trying to take uh, you know, advantage of my popularity at the time." So, we'll see what's going to happen with Tifu. I expect a very very big show out for Tifu, especially if he's going to do a you know, a casual stream before event day. And then I expect a another massive show out for his event day on Tuesday, which is going to be a huge Fortnite tournament, a $100,000 tournament. It looks like it's already out there. I see captain's list, you know, being thrown around. So it should be a, a massive celebratory event. The last OG Fortnite event that was pretty much a hundred grand um, ended in, in somewhat of shambles. We, we <laughs> no, hashtag Peely's baby. Let's go. Yeah, we covered the griefing. We covered the story on the last podcast. If you guys want to hear more about that, go check it out. Dr. Disrespect, Cypher PK, uh, Courage JD, they all cheated, guys. Cheated in a $100,000 <laughs> tournament. Um, forcing the final game to be disqualified and not counted to the uh, to the overall scoring. And uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty funny stuff. As far as this tournament with Tifu, I don't expect, you know, Courage's and, and the more casual uh rolodex of content creators to be invited i expect this to be a little bit more streamlined towards you know semi semi-competitive hyper-competitive big influencers well we haven't we might actually see some of them well, the only reason i say that is they haven't tweeted anything out yet but from everything i've seen it's content creators tweeting out that it's only one pro and then three content creators on a team it looks like so encouraging them if they come in with that mindset and it's actually legitimate like that they might actually come back and be like hey you know what if these are the actual rules laid out then, okay, we'll see if we actually want to play in that. And what? transparency was a part of the problem. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was going to say. I mean, I think even even before there was a uh, as big of a divide between content creators and pros, the pro-am style of Fortnite tournaments have always been, like, some of the most viewed and, and, and the most fun to watch. Don't you guys think that by, like, clarifying a rule, like a ratio, sets up best of both worlds? You let the content creators play how they play, you let pros out play how they play, and you don't leave room for either content creators to get wiped and maybe possibly lose their audience and, you know, pros to get griefed. Yeah, that, that's what was missing at the last OG 100K tournament. It was the impression, you know, Ninja, Courage, and all these guys had with like, oh, dude, they're not going to invite the most wow. recent FNCS champion to come play. No way. They're going to allow him to pair up with a Booga or something like that, you know? And, and, and in fact, with the late signups, with, Again, it's 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 tournament day. You know, sometimes spots open up, and you're just like, yeah, dude, let's just. I'd rather have a hundred players than you know eighty two or something like that. All right. of a sudden, you end up with these super stacked teams. So, um, yeah, after the fallout, after the aftermath, um, it seems like you know Boom still has a lot of money to put towards tournaments because they will be 
uh, hosting this and likely have the main channel and the main show probably up there somewhere. So it's it's going to be sick, though. It's going to be a, a celebratory day for sure. Yeah, I mean, just final final thoughts on my end uh, about this. Or we, we love watching the story and the narrative of Kick uh, roll out on November 14th, which was um, a few days prior to even the Aiden Ross leaks. Train did um, uh, send a kind of cryptic tweet talking about um, he's coming back with the scuffed podcast. Um, he's talking about a $100,000 um, uh, CS2 case opening. And then he says, until then, expect some signings that will devastate the industry and insist in creating a natural ecosystem of viewership to help hardworking, small to mid-sized creators grow. Now, on one hand, I can't help but think he's probably thinking about Tfue in this. On the other hand, I'm like, what else is going to come? And then on the other hand, I'm like, wait, how is Tifu? How does Tifu fit into this? Because how does Tifu open things up for small to mid-sized creators by by bringing more viewership? Do you guys think, or or do you think it doesn't have it, anything it, to do? It could be in the form of like you have to raid, you have to, uh, or we're going to host more tournaments exclusively on Kick to start involving the Kick community. Because there's no secret that the one thing the Kick platform is missing right now is like literally competitive events right or some kind of event ecosystem so they they have i mean all the creators they need now to host really anything they need i think they have all their bases covered um if there's one creator from twitch they're probably missing it's like a lyric or a summit 1g like a real og staple staple staple. Hurt. i know they got i know they got xqc i know they got nick Merckx now but there's still a couple like real you know titans on the twitch platform that they need more gamers massive, massive they need, Mm -hmm. They need more gamers. I love the direction they're going, though. Getting, you know, like, Nick Merckx, and then they're, now they're getting Tfue. I love them bringing more gamers over the platform. Because before, I felt like it was more like IRL streamers or, like, casino streamers that were bringing over there, obviously. But I really like them going after the gaming side and trying to grow the gaming categories on Kick. Yeah, it, it kind of, for, like, a couple weeks there, Kick felt like just a bunch of Andrew Tate disciples. And and I, I'm glad that there's some more, like, gameplay in there and just, just other elements to watch. I mean... Another thing, if you're analyzing the trailer, um, is, is, you know, um, you know, Tifu's opening up with a beer chug, which is not necessarily new. He's, he's smoking a cigarette. You know, I feel like kick is, is a little bit like cementing themselves more in the, uh, you know, 18 and up or 20 and up like older bracket, maybe trying to really just, uh, land more of a brand identity. Do you guys think that's, I mean, they're obviously being intentional with who they're signing. I feel like that's already, uh, I mean, not already a thing, but that, that is the direction they are going. And I would agree uh, with how heavily, not heavily, but how many gamma streamers are on there. And also the, the certain creators they have signed definitely has a more, uh, well, actually, okay. My, my point doesn't work anymore when I think of people like Aiden Ross, but I feel like now they're switching towards more higher age demographic uh, creators. Well, I think it's very clear that they continue to tap into the right markets they're choosing creators from game categories that are huge, but also creators that are too big to fail. Like we mentioned, the Nick Merckx type signing, a Tfue type signing. Um, they are missing, in my opinion, those variety massive streamers. That's what I mean by like a Summit 1G or a Lyric. There are very few that can do that. Pick up anything, but love to pick up all types of different games and play them and, and generate real um, interest and viewership on the platform. When I look at the numbers on the platform, it is very... Uh, clear that 21,000 viewers in Call of Duty right now on the Kick platform, um, 7,000 Grand Theft Auto, seven or 7,000 in Fortnite, right? But those are the the game categories and the spaces of the those massive streamers that they signed, right? So it's clear they they adopted a fair amount of community over to the Kick platform. But then when I look at a game like Dark and Darker, right, that I like to watch, but I don't watch on Twitch because of all the freaking ads. Yeah. So I go to like Kick, dude. Kick has got like. Dude, I'd be lucky to have, you know, 10 to 20 viewers in that game category, right? Like, so the variety community, as far as going to kick for gaming offerings, it's definitely not quite there. Not at least on a wide scale, you know, viewership, you know, consuming content from random creators on the platform. It's still, it's still growing. There's still a long way to go. And how, how much money can you pump in for user acquisition before, you know, but before you start actually becoming the, the leading platform of at least generating viewership on the platform, right? Which even Twitch has a problem doing that. Yeah, it takes, it, I think it takes, I would say, I think it takes maybe as much as two years to retrain someone's online behavior. And I even noticed, we talked a lot about like over the, the, the years of this podcast, just 
even YouTube trying to carve out streaming. Bro, the other day, like last week, I just go to my YouTube and I tap the thing and I go, oh my God, my friend was live on YouTube. He started multi-streaming. My homie crossed the crown. It's like, it was, it just, I was like, oh, he's live. But by the way, it took me I two years. I love that. I ever since, so that's like one of Twitch's downfalls right now. The fact that they just like turned on multi-streaming, I think they were better off just being, you know, kind of monopolized in the space because again, Twitch has so many ads. I'm a YouTube premium same. like fan same. Boy. same. I'm same. watching streamers that I love. Like I wouldn't mind watching on Twitch. I'm watching them on YouTube right now. Like Jay Griffith and just a few other, you know, random again, those oddball streamers. Like everyone's multi-streaming now. So I can find the content that I want ad-free, right? Because I'm a YouTube premium payer. I'm not a Twitch, you know, turbo member anymore. They raise their prices on me. Like forget those guys. Hey. Uh, so, I'm you know, a sucker. I pay for both. Oh, I see. Like, oh, I'm in one <laughs> spot. Now with multi-streaming, bro, like, I really don't even open a Twitch platform other than probably look at, like, categories and, you know, do some research. Well, I mean, I'm excited to see what happens. Um, I do think, I do think Train talking about leveling the playing field, it does come with more competition. I just think one of the foundation, the hallmarks of economy is more options, more competition, more, more places for people to go to. And I think Tifu coming back, this helps, this helps gaming. Tifu is good for gaming. Um, clicks posted an insanely funny photo, uh, just showing how big of an influence, you know, Tifu has been over the years. Like clicks is like nine. It looks like in this photo with, with, with Tifu and Tifu looks like, you know, younger, but not that much younger. And so I think this is, this is really exciting. And, um, yeah, the, the saga continues. It's going to be good. Well, Tifu's not the only person that back. Uh, Call of Duty is back as well, John. Uh, Modern War 3 has been announced, released. Uh, last episode we covered on the Practice Mix Perfect podcast, we talked a lot about nostalgia, the impact, that, and, and how nostalgia just is a free roadmap to success when you have an IP, when you have a brand that is just, you know, again, iconic, if you will. And Modern Warfare, Call of Duty, is an iconic gaming ip let's be honest here now they have had their fair amount of struggles amidst all the sales and stuff that they they put out there they still have had very short shortcomings at least by you know the community's expectations but the community hasn't given up yet and it seems like uh modern war 3 sales uh did very well and uh the game's back and they had a quite quite a successful launch with again um the nostalgia hitting off they brought back uh, some fan favorite maps man rust terminal Right. And, and of course, multiplayer kind of uh, becoming a staple. Yeah. Overall, you know, it, it's going well. Activision released that, you know, pretty, pretty much by every metric. Modern Warfare 3 is doing better than last year's Modern Warfare 2, which is arguably one of the most criticized of the franchise. Um, so I'm having fun on the game. There's there's a couple of features that I think are very trolly. Uh, but overall, I really like the movement. Um, and this is before Warzone you know, has even released. Warzone does not drop until December. So I expect- What do you think is going to be bigger? Warzone. I mean, Warzone, I, I just think, bro, I, I think multiplayer COD is so stuck in a content loop. And I think it's still way more in the pro scene, which viewership wise, you know, for pretty much anything, you know, creators kind of rule the day. And I mean, just think about it. The World Series of Warzone was the largest streamed Call of Duty event ever. And all 250 of those competitors um, have, um, you know, access to Warzone, and they're going to be streaming. It's going to be crazy. I, I really think, I really think um, that it's going to be big. They've also teed it up because they've synced up the, the zombies map, which is good, which is a lot of what people are excited about, is the Warzone map. So people are playing Ooh. zombies, and they're already getting to get the lay of the land for the new Warzone map. I think it's a great map. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be massive. That's that's good marketing. I did I did not know there's zombies. I didn't know map. that either. That's cool. Yeah. People really like zombies. Um, it's very, it's kind of like DMV, DMZ, DMZ, um, which is a popular game type from Modern Warfare 2, um, combined with old school zombies. So it's a little bit, it's, 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 it's zombies Tarkov. Let's just well, call it what it I, is. I, one thing I did want to say though, I wanted, I wanted to give, you know, you listeners just, just a vision, a visual really quickly to, to kind of give you the scale of which like, Modern Warfare 3, it, it was a success by Activision's books and one that they're really happy with. Their peak viewer, like viewership numbers in the last 30 days, more or less, was around 450 to 500,000. When you weigh that to the AKA Fortnite is dead's numbers, Fortnite peaked out. And this is just the Twitch platform here, guys. 
2.2 to 2.4 million total viewers is like at a given time on the platform. Think about that. That is almost a 5x difference of viewer consumption. Now, when we get into numbers being played, I mean, Fortnite already has tweeted out that they have, you know, again, had the, the most successful of successful launches. And if you look at what the uh, all the creators are, are sharing, as far as their dashboards goes, most most of the creators are pretty happy in, in the creative section, right, for their maps that they're built. Um, so numbers are up. Popularity is up right now for Fortnite. And uh, yeah, Call of Duty had a successful, you know, launch and, and they're teeing up for Warzone. But I, I just find it absolutely incredible how, you know, shattering the numbers that Fortnite are generating right now, even two weeks into this OG, um, you know, new week release and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I personally have not grinded Call of Duty since, I don't even know, like Ghost, maybe. That was the last time I, like, actively... They still got my money every year. I'd always try it. They still got my money. So I guess I, I am part of the purchasers. I haven't purchased this year's yet, but um, just seeing I've, the gameplay I've watched of it, it honestly looks like it's a smoother experience than the past years. And just looking at the old maps, it does hit me a little bit with a nostalgia feel that, I don't know, maybe 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 COD will get me back at one point, but off the launch, it seems like it's doing decent. I mean, Fortnite is, it's, it's another tier. I feel like you can't really compare the success of Fortnite to like what COD will be until Warzone is out. Because Warzone numbers, like John said, from like past, Warzone was carrying COD for a good few years there. And and this is my, call it pessimistic, call it realism. I think it's realistic. I don't think it's a negative take. I, I think Call of Duty, um, a lot of why it's doing so well right now is because the last one was so bad. And Activision nailed the content creator relation. If you, if you go back through and you look at how they were answering questions, providing updates, the way that they invited Call of Duty Next... I mean, I, I think every game company should have a Call of Duty next. It's unparalleled in terms of its investment. It's like an Apple event and the investment that those content creators feel and the shared equity. I, I think that like, and, and I don't know to believe, I don't know if we're all playing because Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 is better or if we're playing because all of our favorite creators told us it's better. Either way, we're all having fun. I just think that it's probably more to do with them nailing that content creator relationship um, and responding. Like one of the things you can notice is like go back through like um, if you go to Sledgehammer, which is like the, the the studio working on this one, guys, they're dropping like almost daily tweaks to the gameplay. I've never, I don't know that I've seen something quite like it. They're like, oh, you want to? Okay, the community says uh, tweak slide canceling done, and it's like day after day. And I think that's because they know that's how they keep the content creators on their side. There's there's something about a big big corp company but operating with the indie feel when yeah. they, when you get down to that indie feel like, dude, yeah, we could change whatever. Let's see what happens. That is when people start feeling like, Oh, we're being listened to like, that's dope. That's cool. Okay. That doesn't work. And they know, and, or, you know, as a consumer, Hey, all right, this is not the best state of it, but you know, let's see what happens next week. Something's got to change. Something's going to give and you know it. Whereas, uh, you know, like, I don't know, you can name a, a number of different seasons and games and, and times where, companies play hardball and you, you want to give the you know the, the stone wall and all of a sudden that that never works well well the, and the beauty of it guys is that what they're doing is if the players are pissed they just go you asked for this like literally it's like it's kind of like brilliant. it's like it's like brilliant they're just like bro if the community is in an upheaval no one can actually blame the studio right now because they're literally making kind of whatever changes that are asked for it's brilliant well just to kind of recap here on the numbers um peak channels as far as like the, the like if a channel was live in modern warfare 3 what was the highest viewership that singular channel had the biggest number that we scraped up here was around 18 to 20,000 for an individual streamer in the Fortnite category just to continue those comparisons we had the spanish community trumping out uh at around 150 to 180,000 peak viewers that's gref g that's the rubius and as far as english streamers go ninja had the biggest OG week return, um, hitting out around 120,000 live peak viewers. So uh, Ninja was very happy. He actually had his dashboard leaked, showing that he made over 40,000 in ad revenue in just a couple hours of streaming. Um, that's not to include any yeah, brand deals that he had um, up on camera or you know subscribers, etc. That comes in from his uh, multi-platforms. That was just his ad revenue on Twitch alone so uh pretty pretty good weekend for ninja man yeah ninja making bank 
Uh, and one thing I wanted to bring up, John, you seem you you uh, you had some pro clips we commentated over. I saw on Twitter yeah, last week. Out. You had you had Goge commenting over some some John clips. How was that? No, shout out Goge, bro. He, the homie. We had a we had like an educational event regarding uh, the applications of esports. Um, uh, and uh, I hit up some people that were in the area um, of where I was at, and Goge was kind enough to roll over, and I put him on the spot. And I was like, hey, bro, I'm going to hand you my iPad. Um, and I just want to show these people, like, because he was talking about, like, I cast. And, and you could tell was, the crowd was kind of like, yo, what? You talk while someone else is playing? And I go, bro, show them. And so I feel like I owe him money after that, bro. He made me, he made me, feel, <laughs> he made me better, you know? <laughs> well, he is a professional commentator. He does get paid for that. So John, for sure, stole a highlight out for free. Yeah, <laughs> invoice me, Goj. I got you, baby. <laughs> John owes you some shekels or something. Um, yo, let's jump into let's jump into some other big numbers being crushed here though. Le League of Legends, John, one of your your favorite esports um, faker man. The the king is not, not. It's not that he's back. He's he never really left anywhere by international standards. Um, what 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 do we got to say about League of Legends viewership numbers right now, man? Because dude, they they just continue to go incredible year after year. They, they're they're uh, down the snowball hill, right? They, they're just not stopping. Yeah, the uh, the unkillable demon god is his literal nickname in the game. And uh, <laughs> they just wrapped up early this morning, NA time, just wrapped up a 3-0 sweep of the 2023 League of Legends Grand Finals. Some of the production chatter is that the um, they predicted that it would be a blowout, so they delayed the uh, opening... Uh, ceremony by 30 minutes to keep wow. uh to 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 just keep the moment alive you know and um so, you know so they knew they just like dude like look who's here look who they're facing statistically yeah. speaking we can't end the event in 45 minutes guys yeah okay. they, their team t1 is just they're just unparalleled it's his fourth world uh championship and wow. um they this boasted officially um esports charts confirmed this is the um, the largest uh, esports um, event by concurrent viewers with 6.4 million uh, peak viewers um, just here on November 19th, 2023. Um, so the biggest of all time. And um, it, it's just wild. And it's a little bit of a, you know, um, it's a little bit of a comeback story. Um, there's, if, if you guys, you know, want to dive into the lore of, of Faker, he got blown out, you know, 3-0 a few years ago. Um, the unkillable demon guy was, was silenced. You know, I think, I believe it was the 2018 worlds. Um, and so he has been on a little bit of a comeback train. Um, and this, this cemented the fact that he will go down as one of the greatest gamers of all time. Not, just yeah, unreal. Just to, to do it like in today's times and continue to do it. It's not like, you know, Oh, I peaked out when I was, you know, 18 or whatever. Right. Like, no, he's, he's still going at it. And, and the best thing, or the, the most relatable clip that, that comes to my mind right now is how Nadeshot was so salty this weekend that his chat was calling him washed when he was playing Modern War 3, and his only response was like, you try getting a championship against, you know, peak scump and peak, th th right? And he's like, Crim 6, you couldn't do that. You can't hold a candle to that. But then I'm like, yeah, well, you're 31 and you're washed, but Faker's like, you know, he's going to be 40 and probably still winning. Like, it just shows you, like, genetics... Faker genetics are just insane. Well, and it's culture too. I would say that um, uh, League of Legends um, in in most of Asia, South Korea specifically, um, is to um, is to America like basketball. Meaning like there's just, right. if you want to be a serious basketball player, you have to come to America just for the ecosystem. And majority of NA and EU teams, they will literally fly to Korea just to play like pubs to just be in the atmosphere of the average players. And so I think part of it is just in their culture and Faker gets to thrive in the, in the highest, most competitive food chain. So it almost kind of flies against what Nate Chad is saying. He's almost like Faker's almost like, yeah, bro. Yeah. Bring them on. That's what makes me, me. So yeah, it's different, bro. Well, I, I was saying that just to say like, to, to give more respect to Faker, like how yeah. long he has been able to stay at this, like literally peak form, right. And continue to be the best. We're like Nate shot fizzled out. A long time ago right but yeah. now now it's really showing that because he obviously streams right so the games are dropping he just looks so average and he hates that he's average um there, there's some really funny clips out there yeah nasa just being extremely salty right now 
because his chat's calling him Walsh, and he's like, "Yeah, I know I'm getting dumpstered on, but yeah, that was all." His only comeback is like now living in his his past glory. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll probably all all get there eventually, but for now, Faker is Faker isn't right. Yeah, Faker's yeah, 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 off yeah. The championship. I uh, I personally don't play league really, but I always try to watch for the opening ceremony and and like try to actually watch the games because I'm just an esports person. That I love watching high tier gameplay. And I, I I stayed up last night and watched the opening ceremony, which was so sick. That the the songs they come out with, the production, they had like augmented reality on stage. It was just so well put together. I I like really enjoyed it. It was like a whole like short film on the stage uh, with all the the singing and then the the acting and they had on it. It was sick. And then watching the first game, it <laughs> and T one just running it down and hearing the crowd erupt. I mean. Faker in that team are literally celebrities in Korea. Like they walk around and then they get harassed. Like they, like they would be like Justin Bieber over here. Seriously, it's, it's wild. Um, so yeah, it was super cool to see. Uh, even though I don't play league, it made me actually want to play it. But I know I won't because I will get dumpstered. I am no, not and, a, and, I'm not a league player. <laughs> and league has a notoriously toxic community. And anyone from league would tell you that. Like you'll be in bronze three. And they'll be like, you suck. Why you get out of this game? You're like, bro, we're in bronze. What are you talking about? Uh, I mean, last thing I'll say is, is yeah, I mean, what, what League of Legends, what Faker, what is doing for gaming and esports around the world just cannot be overstated. I mean, I mean, every year they're collabing with major musical artists like Imagine Dragons to, re to release full-on songs around worlds. And of the... Of I, got a, the I got a question. Yeah. Spe speaking highly of music, that song like, Legends Never Die. That's the League song. Yeah. That's a League song, which yeah. I didn't even know, by the way. I just thought yeah. it was a dope song. The Like the most viewed Fortnite montage, by the way. Like one of the most viewed Fortnite montages. I think I think it was the Booga recap of the World Cup was put on that song, Legends yeah. Never Die. And it is like top tier, like literally one of the most iconic pieces in our Fortnite category but it just shows you again the, the production quality is why i'm bringing it up to say like dude league has literally got some of the best composed music productions like everything they they continue to set the bar and you know you set the bar really high when you create a song for your game but someone applies it to like another game's montage and yep. it's a hit one yeah. thing i will say is if you never have just go on youtube and look up league of legends world opening ceremony and just go watch all of them Crazy. i i i, I actually did that i actually i actually did that like a couple months ago and like dude from like 2013 onwards like or whatever whatever year it was they've been doing these like ceremonies every entrance and all that is so hyped it's so cool like i really recommend just looking it up and going to check it out and watch it hey and riot riot production i know you guys are listening to this but you guys got a lot of amazing casters but there's just a little flair missing i think uh league of legends needs a little monster d face casting action Whoa. so i know you guys are listening get the boy on there and he'll light it up yeah, in a time different to start way learning monster time to start learning a <laughs> hundred and like not even a hundred probably 200 champions for all i know and in an unlimited amount of items and heroes and abilities yeah forget that. <laughs> hey five five of the five top most viewed tournaments this latest one being the one three of them are league of legends events so this underscores just the value uh in the size of this game so congrats to t1 and the faker and shout out to any league players we got say hi to us on on twitter or in the comments yeah, we'll one thing we didn't have on our run of show that just bring up quick uh league is their world they announced their 2024 location is going to be in london so nice. that'll be cool in the o2 arena uh they haven't they never had a world championship there and i saw a bunch of people saying like we like i saw some people from london and like britain tweet out like we've never had like we've had like championships there but league world that's another level so like people over there are hyped the mayor like endorsed it or something of britain's like the prime minister maybe someone over there yeah the i king, saw an article I think about you mean <laughs> something king. i don't know yeah they endorsed it but it's cool well, if I start uh, practicing my commentary now, by next decade, when it goes back to London, maybe, maybe <laughs> I can uh, make an appearance. Hey, um, we'll, we'll get in on the Riot MMO, bro. That's the other thing. Riot is ooh, making so many games. They're making true. a fighting game. They obviously made Valorant, and they're working on an MMO. So you know Monster and I will be playing in that. Are they Riot still working MMO. on that? I've been hearing about that for years, I feel like. No, that's legit. No, they that's are. Legit. That, that's okay. going to be that's gonna be my time sink. Um Maybe Elijah might be like two or three, so he'll he'll have some independency hopefully by that time, and uh, maybe I'll have some time to start gaming again. So it might it might line up. Uh, we got a couple quick hits here though that we want to jump onto just real quick as we start to round out. Uh, game battles is again one of the most popular platforms slash 
it wasn't a forum, right? I'm kind of mixing MLG original um, platform days and kind of what they had going on there. But Game Battles, a place where gamers went to go match up, square up against one another. And just, again, they built a whole community, um, has been shut down in the technology, not shared publicly. And this is all, again, coming, I guess, amidst this, this acquisition, Microsoft and Blizzard acquisition of... Um, Activision, we we talked about how this is going to be significant for the community, John. When you know the law was trying to get involved in possibly blocking this, but now that it's pushed through, we're seeing the I guess the fallout. Right? There's going to probably be more of this happening here as you know the new hierarchy starts to look at. All right, what's what do we want to put our resources? What do we want to do with this tech? How can we apply it to our products and yeah, cannibalize I guess what they can with the acquisition. Yeah, I mean, and at the end of the day, I mean, I feel it. I'm 31, and and I was a kid playing in that. I don't know that today's youth are gonna miss game battles, and so, I, you know, I, I'm I I think it's I think it's sad, um, but honestly, more from a nostalgia standpoint. I mean, I had some right. great times on game battles. There was a couple weeks where we were 12th in the world at Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4. We knocked off the the number the number four at the time named Dead Presidents through a crazy. Uh, uh, quad nade on crash. Okay, so these are my boomer memories. I, I played up against some of the best Halo teams in the world because they would all do game battles to practice and earn some extra money. There's online qualifiers through game battles. Um, but I don't know, guys. Like, I don't want to be Debbie Downer here. I'm sad, but I feel like a lot of the services they provided are kind of baked into a lot of dated. games already. Yeah, yeah I, little little dated. Um, go ahead, go ahead, Connor. I'll let you jump in. Uh, I was just going to agree with John there. I think it's like the older generational crowd that is like, no, what? This was amazing. But were any of them even actually playing on game battles? Uh, like, like to this, like right now, like, I, I, I don't right. think so. Like everyone's here tweeting about it. Like, I remember doing like GBs just with friends like years ago, like on like MW2 and like MW3 and like BO2. Like those are some super fun times, like trying to climb the ladder. But I don't know. I, I feel like it hasn't had a presence in a, in a while there was, I have seen people talk about it up until the announcement of the closure and everyone's freaking out. Yeah. And also yeah, wanna, like, I was trying to go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say like all the nostalgia guys, like I love the MLG brand too, but guys, the logo is a controller. They're, you're not built. Like <laughs> we're beyond that. Like, what do you like? So I feel like if MLG came back, I feel like they'd have to rebrand. And then what's the point of re like, you know what I mean? Like, I just like fellas, like let's just build something new. It's sad. It's good. If anything, maybe I wish they would have done like a last merch drop or something or sold some of the, the equipment. I don't know. But I'm like, we don't need it. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's, that's literally how I feel about whenever Adam Apicella tweets about like, oh, man, MLG did this and that. And, and if MLG was back, to, I'm like, dude, that's like, I, I get where you're saying, but it, it is such a dated model. Like, you know, uh, bring your freaking big flat screen tv and we'll use pull out tables and sit on you know metal containers and do a, a a land tournament that's like what mlg was but like the online ecosystem has evolved so much like online qualifiers have become so efficient not to take away from in-person qualifiers and experiences because i think those are important but when adam kind of tweets about those things I, I think to myself like dude you ran you know and owned esports engine like a, a production tournament operator etc like who's to say you couldn't have just did it who's to say you can't do it now right like like i don't know it, it just feels weird to me sometimes when people like try to put these really dinosaur brands on a pedestal um i get it but you you gotta lay them to rest eventually right and, and yeah. kind of get on with the the new innovation or build the next best thing and um i, I mean for I sure like, yeah. you know I don't know. They did their thing. I mean, they they were on ESPN for a while. I mean, that's a big. We, yeah, we should not all, taking, we owe the I'm history. Not away. Yeah. yeah, we're not taking away from it. At the X saying, Games like, too, right? Wasn't yeah. I, feel like, was I feel like it had yeah. to get shut down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a good move. I, let's build something better. I I think we'll see in the areas of film, uh, uh, fashion, food, you know, music. I think nostalgia is king. But in my opinion, in this ecosphere of like technology. I don't know that nostalgia is going to be king because nostalgia can actually be something that's irrelevant. And I think that this is just, it doesn't work. So let's build something better. One thing so. we did see biting on nostalgia is we saw two people, one being exposed, who's a kick streamer. He offered $500,000 and put his email saying, let me know what I have to pay to buy it. And we also saw the old head of YouTube. And I think he also was a MLG caster, Fwiz, say, 
let me know what you want for it. He replied as well. So we had two people nice. coming out and asking, like, hey, can I get this brand? That's like this. That's like a cost of the, a house, like in, in Houston. Like, what do we do? It just devalues you just right there to show how, like, if you can pay for it from your personal loans, like, it's not worth building back. Yeah. The thing is, though, the technology behind it is, is the reason it'll never get sold. I think Blizzard is literally, it has it all hooked into different, uh, platforms of there and just to kind of talk about um yeah how adam kind of has threw his two cents into it he actually has stated on his most recent point like this game battles is shuttering news it's worse he believes that the industry needs more options for that exact service which i think we don't need options of like that service in particular like i said the online um virtual ecosystem is I think I think it's doing well. I think game devs are doing well, kind of housing it all together. But I do believe we need more DreamHack style stuff, right? So that's the one thing I did like about the MLG brand and, and the presence is the um, you know the, the presence that they were building of in-person activations, making it so there's more frequent. Um, and Belong Arenas, that brand that shut down a couple months ago, they're one of the few that tried to do that. They have a successful gaming model in Europe where, you know, gaming cafes and, and these lounges are very popular and people show up to play tournaments in them. And the fighting game community in NA does pretty well at that grassroots kind of community gaming feel. But for some reason, a lot of the other titles don't. Like, people just don't show up to play um, at local tournaments anymore. And I don't know if it's, again, if it was because the pandemic maybe slowed down the, the fire that could have been or you know we're just coming out of changing times where if you don't cultivate that within the community and work really hard to do it then it'll never take off i'm not i'm not sure what what what's going to cause that spark but i do feel like john we're getting to a point where you know um technology is you know stronger than ever it's becoming lighter than ever right it's been more feasible to travel with stuff and, and get point a to point b and really set up and, and have a have a land basically with, with today's infrastructure, but we just don't see it as much. Yeah, I mean, I will say one thing, bro. A lot of these, let me just be the old guy for a second. A lot of these young guys, I don't know if they would have lasted at an MLG event, bro. <laughs> when you got, a head, when someone headshot you, they stood up on in your face, bro. And either some of these young guys, I feel like would have overreacted or underreacted. I'm like, we even just well, saw there, at there the, was a fight. There yeah. was a fight at Modern War Three's first land uh, just a couple of days ago. So I mean, thank God what I said at those is not recorded anywhere. I would be there in jail. Go. I'd be canceled, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm so ashamed of some of the things that you think Modern Warfare Two lobbies were bad on Prox Chat. Just be in a land. I don't know. I, I when for Halo when we were all competing on land was an advantage because the the network connectivity was such at the time in Halo and some other games that winning online was not considered good enough. And you would see a huge difference because of shot registration and latency. So when me and the boys, even to drive down to a local or just pack up our view Sonics and go somewhere, it, it, it was an advantage. So I think we've got to help answer the question is how is playing in person an advantage? I think right now, a lot of people consider a disadvantage because we're so into our setups and I think they feel like leaving the comfort of their setup is a disadvantage to their gameplay, whereas prior it was an advantage. So I don't know what to do to get that spark back, but I, 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 I think it's cool. That's what you call, spot. John, online warriors is what they would call them. <laughs> you got to be able to go perform in front of the masses, yeah. baby. I still, one, well, of my, one of my good friends, we'll have to have him on the podcast, uh, Scammer Payback. He's a really big YouTuber. Uh, we play Halo all the time, and he's an old head MLG. He literally still yells, this kid's such a warrior, meaning Xbox Live warrior, you know? <laughs> well, again, guys, uh, de de there's changing times ahead of us. And, uh, yeah, just to kind of continue to slide through a couple topics you wanted to hit on. Prime, you know, Logan Paul, KSI's drink hits $1.2 in sales. We already knew they were going to do big things when they became the UFC's leading drink sponsor for that time that they had it up. I'm not sure if they're still... Um, their drink sponsor. I'm sure they are, but pretty pretty insane stuff that we see there. Uh, another quick hit here, Fortnite skin rating. Fortnite decided to do the oddest update and make it so that when you queued into creative games, there was a rating on skins blocking people from playing with certain skins on certain maps. So basically, this is all teeing up for what's going to be a massive in-game collaboration. I think the leaks are out there. It's likely to be a Lego collab, and they're being as legally safe as possible to make sure this is an e for everyone just like legos are so we're probably going to see an incredible 
I think Fortnite World Takeover, maybe a limited time, or maybe some dope game modes introduced to the game at Frontline and Center. Uh, we'll see what happens there. And then, John, take me through this last topic really quickly before we start rounding out. Um, iMessage on Android, a.k.a. new technology, but this is just opening up, I feel like, Pandora's box for iPhone to start uh, having to give up some of that market share. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different angles in here um, regarding, I mean, Apple's always in the news um, and there's always been a discussion about Android and, and, and Apple. And we've even just recently showed a few episodes ago that, that globally Android actually took over the market share. Whereas in the US, it's still pretty overwhelmingly iPhone, but there's a really cool technology company called Nothing. They literally have the handles at Nothing. And if you go to their brand, it's very aesthetically pleasing and they're, and, and, and they're just trying a lot of really different new and cool things. Well. Um, earlier this week, they announced a an app that you can get in their store um, that runs on Android that allows you to have blue bubbles and basically have iMessage within your Android phone. And um, really cool idea. Uh, the downside was in order to access it, in order for them to do the workaround through the Apple software and get through all of it, users had to give them their Apple ID login. And so after a few days, um, it was taken down. But in the midst of this, some Apple executives um, kind of announced that maybe they're moving away from being, uh, you know, having full exclusivity in the iMessage ecosystem. It's just very interesting, very cool. Um, and it makes you think, would if iMessage was synced up everywhere, how much would any of us consider actually using other phones because there's some really good phones out there yeah yeah no legitimately i know samsung definitely has some fire devices uh but again it's that functionality it's that ease of access it's that inner connectivity like the fact that i could put my iphone next to connor and be like here's my wi-fi and it'll just like sync over right it's the little things like that that they built um across all these devices that makes it pretty much the the leader at least in the in the american market um, I, I did want to say though, I thought the branding on the advertisement from this nothing company was so genius. I thought it was Google slash Android, like whoever that I don't even know who owns Android, whatever. I just thought it was like, AKA not Apple and Apple's competitor saying, Hey, look at what we did together. And we're unlocking this, this feature. Like we basically cracked the code, but it turns out that Apple's been hiding the code the entire time and this is really coming through the new findings of um case filings and law changes in the european market connor you shared this as a couple interesting documents but basically it turns out apple has been the gatekeepers this entire time like androids could have easily had pretty much blue messages and receipts it seems like yeah all of this was apple like no this is our software this is how we do it but then the EU Digital Market Act, they came out and they were like, hey, you know how we made you put USB-C? Now you got to make it so everyone can have blue messages and use iMessage. And then they're coming out and they're like, oh, now third-party app stores are coming out apparently. And Apple can't take their cut anymore from those. So they're just coming in and they're like, yep, yep, we're making it free, free for all for everyone, you know? It's it's pretty insane how the EU can can just say that though, like... Hey, you know what? We've decided, sure, let Facebook open up their own market store and let people download directly through Facebook. Like that is going to that is going to like devastate, I think, just Apple's profits. Crush, are... Yeah, crush yeah. Apple's profits by a lot. Um, I don't know how Apple can combat this or make up for it and where they can, but it's gonna be an uphill battle. I, the sweet times for Apple seem to be coming to an end. Yeah, One thing I, I will say is I'm happy this is going to be an addition because where I live in Texas, if I did not have iMessage, I would be off the grid. I have <laughs> SOS on my phone all the time unless I go like three blocks in. So I can't I, even text my father because he has an Android. I, I can't do nothing. <laughs> for introducing him to my neighborhood. We are We are just like, like Connor said, we're just three blocks too rural. You know, like if we were just, if they could just build one more T-Mobile tower or something, like it, it's just a little bit further, our neighborhood would be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I think the way they combat it, and, you know, this is a great thing for everyone to ponder on as we wrap and you head into your weeks. At the end of the day, man, marketing's marketing. Quality is quality. And I think Apple is coasted. Um, I, not that they're not working hard, but I think they've really lived off of just 
things like great marketing and exclusive features like this, blocking out competitors. And it's time to say, hey man, are you gonna build the future or what? And the reason why iPhone was iPhone is because it was genuinely better. It was not a marketing scheme. Steve Jobs built something that was better. The AirPods, when they first came out, they're just better. They just are. Yeah. And I think that Apple, at some point, they're gonna have to stop playing these games and just make a superior product. Um, and, um, and who knows, maybe they've got so much VR, AR cooked that the phones are, they're going to release control of phones for a few years, but then dominate that space. But I just think at the end of the day, man, you just got to make a good phone. I need a foldable yeah, well, phone. I need something that's different. We, we live in a time where again, uh, the information transfers so fast. It, it is a matter of best product wins. Um, you see it with the chat GPT AI war between like Google and Bing and, you know, again, all these different spaces, we might just be at the uh, the beginnings of the, the other side of new emerging big tech companies, possibly new industry leaders. I always find it fascinating when you come across those videos or of like, hey, let's take a timeline look at the 40s of, you know, basically mega companies and how they grew in market share, but then also like just died after, after a while. And, you know, companies that you would never have thought that you grew up with that just vanish overnight. I mean, look at even large retail stores that just go out of business, chain stores that go out of business that you would have never, ever in your, you know, uh, dreams imagine like how could target fail. Right. And then it just shows you, well, this is what went wrong. They put, I don't know, whatever they did. And then, you know, kind of failed as a brand, et cetera. And, and we, we see it all the time and we could just be at the turning point now for where legally um, the world is going to make it harder for Apple to be profitable and make it. And then who knows, these other spaces can come up and take the share. Same thing for Google. Advertiser money is getting harder. Um, and look at, look at Prime. Market shares, 1.2 billion coming out of nowhere. Young up-and-coming content creators all of a sudden taking shares, like true percentages away in sales from mega companies like Coca-Cola and all these other um, winning legacy brands, if you will. So you, you never really know. Nothing lasts forever. And this, this, this is very, very interesting years we're in front of right now. Get good, Apple. Look at we Twitch. Twitch is losing a kick. You see what I'm saying? Nike's losing. <laughs> Nike's losing the hookah or hoka, bro. I see every freaking Wait, every single white mom I see in the world is freaking wearing those hoka shoes. They don't even oh, run yeah. with them, bro. Like all the It'll suburban moms. I don't know about it yet, bro. You would. I think you would actually like these shoes. They're very gnarly. No monster Damn. would like these shoes. Just compare bro. me to, to suburban moms, dude. Get them dad shoes now, bro. No, you you would like dad these. shoes. I'll get some for all of us, man. Let's <laughs> go. Right, right. Sick. Well. Listen, guys, uh, as always, you can send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com or at Monster Deface across all social handles. Uh, before we get out of here, I'm going to let the boys sign off first. Connor, uh, we'll start with you, man. Yeah, uh, you guys can uh, check me out on Twitter, Connor Yo underscore. Uh, go buy some coffee from Cafe Calazzo. Let's go. Uh, and hopefully, when this podcast airs, Matt Canada is fired. Oh, okay, okay. Connor's got shots. Uh, John, what about yourself, man? Nah, hit me up on X. John uh, W. Key Rush. So much brewing there. Um, so you just you just find it all there. And I just got my re-up of the Justice Blend Cafe Colazzo. We are not industry plants. I just really like the coffee from Cafe Colazzo. I, I promise you I have... Like I have one of the best coffee products and I'm going to build one of the like dopest gaming coffee brands that I think the world's ever seen. I, I can, I can guarantee that I'm on a mission. I'm going to be here for a long time, guys. So uh, thank you guys for riding with us. We appreciate you all as always. You can find me at monster D face across all social handles. It's been a very uh, adventurous week to say the least. Uh, and with that, don't forget that practice makes perfect. <laughs>